Welcome to Rocking Our Priors. I am your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now here's a puzzle for you. Why isn't Canada a feminist utopia? Top jobs are universally male-dominated. In response, feminists push for state-subsidized childcare, more involved fathers, and greater support for gender equality. But Canada has already embraced this. Women work at very high rates. Yet, its senior management remains 64% male. So I ask you, what is propping up patriarchy? Okay, let's go through these hypotheses in turn. First, unaffordable childcare. We should expect female labour market participation and advancement to be lower if childcare is prohibitively expensive. State-subsidised daycare could help mitigate what we call the motherhood penalty. I spoke about this a couple of days ago. Quebec actually introduced subsidized daycare back in 1997. It also introduced five weeks of paternity leave, adopted by 84% of fathers. Yet, female share of senior management still remains lower than the national average, 28% in Quebec versus 36%. At the national level, the Government of Canada's budget has stepped up funding to ensure universal access to $10 a day daycare. I'll be curious to learn if this reduces men's hold of top jobs. Okay, so what about disengaged dads? Actually, Canadian fathers are highly involved. Compared to Americans, they're much more likely to provide warmth, emotional support, and they have show time use data shows that Canadian fathers you know, do a lot of housework and childcare. I mean, of course, Canadian women continue to shoulder the lion's share, but that averages at less than two hours a day. Now, I would I would add one caution. Time use data on gender gaps is slightly misleading, in my opinion, because it only ever includes couples, and so it neglects single mothers who do 100% of the childcare. Yet here again... Canada scores as very gender equal. 70% of Canadian children live in intact two-parent families. Only 16% live with a female lone parent. So compared to the US, Canadian fathers provide more support, on average, and across the spectrum. Okay, let's consider another hypothesis. Low female employment. Well, Canada did have a large gender gap in employment back in 1976, but that's now changed. Female labour force participation has outpaced the USA. The gender gap is very small. Full-time work is a crucial precursor to seniority, so we don't just need to look at labour force participation, but also whether it's full-time or part-time. As Claudia Golden commented on my podcast previously, if you're part-time, it's not going to be easy to make partner. If you're part-time, it's not going to be easy to get the first promotion in management. And we know that European countries, for some reasons, have greater ability to work part-time than the US. And there's a price that gets paid for that. But here's the conundrum. 80% of Canadian working women are working full-time. So I ask you, what's stopping them from getting ahead? Maybe it's discrimination. Yet all the available data suggests that Canadians strongly endorse gender equality. Look at World Value Survey data from the latest opinion polls, 2017-2020. 
The overwhelming majority of Canadians disagree that Canadian working mothers causing, uh, causes a, pre a preschool child to suffer. They also reject the notion that men are better business leaders. Now, I accept attitudinal data is imperfect. It's prone to social desirability bias. So let's triangulate by looking at revealed preferences. In 2015, Justin Trudeau introduced a gender balance cabinet. And this was supported by the vast majority of Canadians. 74% endorsed it, including 40% of Conservatives. There was no uproar, no backlash. And that sharply contrasts with the misogyny hurled at presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton. So what's going on? Canadian women demonstrate strong labour market commitment. Fathers are exceptionally engaged. The state subsidises daycare and compatriots champion gender equality. So what? on earth maintains men's predominance of top jobs. Well, here's a slightly unpalatable unorthodox argument. So, what about maximum hours regulations? Canada and the EU both have working time directives prescribing anything more than 48 hours a week on average. That may affect gender inequalities varying by class. In their cross-national analysis of the EU, Iverson, Rosenbluth and Scorje 2020 suggest that strict enforcement of maximum hours regulation helps close the gender pay gap among non-managerial workers because carefree men are unable to gain competitive advantage by working ultra-long hours. However, because hours are capped, careerist women cannot demonstrate their exceptional commitment. Employers may then maintain their gender stereotypes and apply statistical discrimination. They think women won't be good managers because they've never seen it and they've never seen women work long hours because of the maximum uh, hours legislation. Iverson and co-authors suggest that these restrictions remain in place because it's supported by non-managerial women who benefit from gender parity and pay. So their study exploits cross-national variation within the EU. Since there is no exogenous shock, it's impossible to demonstrate causal inference. My economist friends may be unpersuaded, but it's an interesting hypothesis. It pushes us to recognise intersectionality, that what closes gender pay gaps among workers may not mitigate sexism in managerial promotions. Now, if Iverson and colleagues are right, what's the solution? How might we correct employers' sexist presumption that men are more willing to work long hours? Well, if employers are unable to recognise female talent or detect their commitment, one straightforward solution is to stop this male rent, impose gender quotas in management. That's one idea ultimately up to Canadians. I merely share this as a fascinating conundrum, helping us identify intersectional bottlenecks to gender equality. So again, I ask you, why isn't Canada a feminist utopia? Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Alice Evans, and this is Rocking Our Prize. <laughs>